If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey friends, it's Ian from TV's The Recovering Gleek, colon, a Glee podcast. When Lena and I first decided to make this podcast, we quickly realized we had literally zero idea of how to make that happen. Thankfully, a friend of ours recommended the podcasting platform Anchor. Anchor is free. It has all of the tools you need to record and edit your podcast from your phone or computer. You can even add songs from Spotify into it. And the absolute most amazing thing about Anchor is that they will distribute your podcast for you. So anywhere that you listen to Recovering Gleek, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever weird third-party app you're using... It is there because Anchor put it there. And the icing on the cake is that you can make money from your podcast through Anchor with no minimum listenership. All you have to do is record an ad, which is why I am recording an ad right now, because I want money very badly. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm recording now. Babu. As am I. Oh, yeah, okay. Should I start it like that? Just me singing. (laughs) 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 Let's. That's our cold open. Let's put that before the intro. Fine. Welcome to Recovering Gleek, a podcast for all of your complicated feelings about the TV show Glee. All right. Um, welcome. <laughs> I don't know how to start this. Ba ba ba. Come on let's just, in. Let's just do the thing. Listen. Hi, my name is Nathan and I am a what? A Gleek. What are you, Ian? Wait. What's your name? But I, I, I was, um, my name. Oh, no, no. My name is Ian. That was a really good guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a when a gleek. <laughs> nice. Um, How's it going, I just, Ian? Str- at the top, at the top, I would just like mm-hmm. to get this out of the way. 
when this episode drops oh yeah we should in the united that. states the election will have already happened when this episode is being recorded the election has not happened so yeah. we are not going to talk about anything and also it's just you know no matter what happens it'll just be fun escapism you know to just listen to this episode and pretend that everything is normal so sure there you go and then as soon as the the hour and a half is over or however long this podcast is sometimes it's an hour 50 um then you can get back to doing the damn thing and working yeah. on uh making this country better so eek. i'm very nervous are you so nervous like i'm, yeah, I'm full like, I'm of anxiety yeah i'm 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 pretty nervous yeah yikes yeah. there's not much else to say about it i dropped <laughs> no, off my ballot <laughs> um what like last week sometime but i posted the video today because i was very nervous to post the video because i come from a family that is um doesn't politically align with me so they give me a lot of <laughs> so i was nervous and i'm still nervous that they're gonna like swipe up on my instagram story and be like you traitor and i'll be like Eek, <laughs> sorry <laughs> so i don't know um let's talk about halloween ian Tell me about your Halloween. How was your Halloween? Actually, here's the deal. <laughs> I have a really complicated relationship with Halloween. I know it's what? your favorite holiday. It is. My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving, and here's why. Thanksgiving is the most low-stakes holiday possible. Totally. I'm a person that I get, like, I put a lot of pressure on stuff, and yeah. if it doesn't live up to expectations, I get very disappointed. And so... For Thanksgiving, literally all that is expected of Thanksgiving is that you eat good food and you're with people you like. And if you do two mm-hmm. of those two things, the holiday's a success. Halloween, it's like you have to have a good costume and you need to like go to some party and you need to like be scared at some point. Like there's such a big checklist and yeah. it has always just been too overwhelming for me. And so I have consistently had bad Halloweens, especially because... It's so hard to have a proper Halloween when you don't get work or school off. Yeah, like, totally. You have it's to like, like on a Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, it was all like in college. I would be like, I remember a Halloween where I literally spent the entire day studying because I had tests the next day, mm-hmm. and I was like, this Halloween freaking blows. So I've always had a really hard time with Halloween because yeah. I feel like it never lives up to expectations because life is too busy for that. All this to say. I had a very good Halloween this year. Good. I'm so glad. That's actually awesome. I think it was because the pandemic put my expectations absolutely in the crapper. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. honestly, if I do anything for Halloween, I'll be happy I did it. And so my sister and I, as I mentioned before, we dressed as uh, Wednesday and Pugsley Adams. Mm -hmm. And then her her husband, who has like shoulder length hair. He dressed as cousin it, and he just like combed it in front of his face and put sunglasses it on. So funny, dude! And then we watched Stranger Things, and then we watched both of the '90s Adams Family movies, and we ate some candy, and that was my Halloween. And That's honestly, awesome. it was great. It was a great day. I had a very good time. How was your Halloween? My Halloween was awesome. So my Halloween, I mentioned this maybe a little bit on the podcast last week. But me and my best friend, Kaden, we made Halloween a whole week-long thing. 
So we watched horror movies every single night. And then on Saturday, we woke up early and we made like a big uh, like sausage and potato and cheese soup with like roasted vegetables and rolls. And it was amazing. And we watched horror movies that, that whole day, too. And then we like sat outside and like looked at the full moon and like just had fun. I didn't get to dress up this year, which I am sad That's about. Good. But like, yeah, I didn't go anywhere. I just had fun and I watched scary movies and I... I love scary movies. We ended up watching 16 scary movies in total throughout the week, which, like, how did I do that? But okay, I really did. But, but what? But one of them was Sorority Row. No. Yes? We didn't watch Sorority Row. No. No? You te- no, I just oh, looked it up. Because you texted me. And wow. listen, Honestly, I, I wanted to watch it. I think it's on Hulu for stream. I wanted to watch it, but, like, I'm I am only one person. I was in a group. It couldn't happen. I'm sorry. I will watch it though. I really wanted to watch it, and I want And I told Caden, I was like, I want. I re- we should watch Sorority Row. Like, you know, <laughs> we should for watch the pod. it because, for the pod. Dude. And he and he was like, eh. and honestly, we watched a lot of really good movies last week that it would have brought the mood down. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Oh. My sister and I are just because we like really wanted to go ham on scary movies, but yeah. there's only so much time in the day between yeah. like work and I guess just work because we don't go anywhere. But we we literally were marathoning Hill House and Bly Manor and all three seasons yep. of Stranger Things. Yep. So like we were, we had our plate full. Oh, definitely. So it's still Halloween, um, and last night we watched The Boy. I watched that movie on Saturday. I watched it on Saturday for the first time. I have to tell you. What? How did you feel about it? I really liked it. I liked it too! (laughs) Literally, the movie... Go ahead. this This is my sister's own fault, but... And I'll redact, I'll redact the spoilers so if no one's seen it, you know, like, it won't spoil anything. But my sister... Was because she'd seen it before and she was like, We have to watch The Boy. It's so crazy. Yeah. And it starts. And it's the very first scene. And she like walks into the house and she meets the boy. And I say, Redacted. And she was so pissed that really? I guessed it immediately. <laughs> that sucks. That really <laughs> right. sucks. I'll cut back in here. Yeah. But I, I, someone spoiled that whole movie for me before. So I didn't, so oh. I didn't, so. I didn't even get the opportunity to guess it. Someone spoiled it for me before. Doesn't that suck? But Caden fell asleep. It was the very last movie we watched on, uh, on Saturday night. Caden fell asleep. So I kept texting him my, uh, my reactions, like as the movie was ending. (laughs) Like the movie is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And yet the ending of that movie is straight up terrifying. It's so terrifying. (laughs) Hear me out. Easily one of the scariest movies we watched last week. I'm not scared by much. But, like, just, it was, like, the idea of the whole movie, like, really messed with me. I was like, ooh. I will 100% just Frankenstein monster that conversation. So (laughs) we talk about the boy, but it's spoiler free. (laughs) Anyway, that was Halloween. Yeah, it was Halloween. Mm-hmm. How's how's the rest of your life? How's your few days been? Literally, after doing this podcast, it's all I did for like five days. Yeah. Because we did two episodes last week, and then on the episodes that we weren't recording, I was editing. 
Mm-hmm. So I went from like five straight days of this podcast <laughs> totally. to no podcast for a week, and it was very bizarre. Yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it was fine? <laughs> My life? I mean, like, I'm just doing school. I don't, I mean, I all I do now is I have like... I'm not taking a lot of classes. I have like one class a day and then I work. Monday is my day off. So that's when we do the podcast. So I just would like, you know, work all day and I would, you know, read fan fiction while I work because I'm only human. Um, And then I go home and then I watch a scary movie with Caden. But now Caden's starting rehearsals for his his dance concert. So now I'm just bored. Yeah. Oh, that's all I do. I'm fine. Have you, okay. have you watched The Mandalorian? No. No? <laughs> Why? I know. I'm a bad person because it was Halloween and I had to do Halloween stuff. On Friday? And also, like, my sister's never seen. Well, mm. we were trying to finish Stranger Things. And Stranger Things oh, is, like, sure. 30 hours long. Yeah. Um, And my sister's never seen it. So I can't just, like, watch season two with her. Um, So I am, like, approximately eight minutes into the first episode of season two. And I also oh, never right. finished Shit's Creek either. Okay. So I'm, I'm juggling a lot of stuff right totally. now. Totally. You got a lot on your plate. I get that. No, nope, I got a got lot no of TV to watch. Yeah. I'm so busy. I have no time to do anything else. Yeah. Also, um, remember last fall when I just like randomly got really into You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette for like two yeah, weeks? Yeah, that was super random. <laughs> Um, so it happened again. But with the musical version? <laughs> no, no. I'm, I have tried to listen to Jag a Little Pill, the musical, and I can't get into it. Okay. okay. Just Alanis Morissette. I listen to that song like four or five times a day it's while I'm door dashing. It's so good. It's a fantastic song. It is. It's very good. One time, me and Ian were hanging out with our dear, dear friend of the podcast, Kennedy Jones. And she had never heard that song before. <laughs> and we just like, it was like the middle of the night. I don't know what we were eating, but it was probably greasy. And we were like sad about something. I think I was sad about something. And you and Kennedy were comforting me. And I was sitting in the rocking chair. And you and I, it was like two in the morning. And we're just screaming that song at the top of our lungs. And Kennedy was like, what the hell is going on? Oh, I love that song. It is like... Bless Alanis Morissette. It is the ultimate I am pissed off at Mm -hmm. the world song. It is like so angry. It is so like yelly and intense. I love it. You remember who that song is written about, right? Heck yeah, Dave Coulier, friend of the podcast. (laughs) He is not our friend of the podcast. We cannot love that song and then still love Dave Coulier. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> this is a Full know. House podcast. Me and Dave Coulier go way back. Oh, do you? What is his character on Full House? Uncle Joey. Uncle what? Joey. Uncle Joey. I was in a Full House kid, so. I was so a Full House kid. I owned like a bunch of the DVDs, like a bunch of the seasons on DVD for some re- weird reason. I was like nine years old, obsessed with Full House. Uh, yeah, no, that wasn't a thing in my house at all. I think I've seen like mm. three episodes, but I really? every time I listen, yeah, every time I listen to that song <laughs> and it's like. And every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it. And I'm like, she's she's telling this to Dave Coulier. 
Yeah. It's like Uncle Joey with his dumb gopher puppet. And she's like, when I freaking claw down someone else's back because I'm getting so hot and heavy, yeah. I hope you and your gopher puppet can feel that crap. <laughs> no. Can you just <laughs> imagine so... him and his gopher puppet in the middle of a movie theater? And, uh, and Alanis is just like, here we go. Let's do oh this. Oh, my thing. God. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Gross. Learning that changed something in my mind. I somehow. If for the worse, for sure. I somehow. Well, this isn't a shock. That song came out the year I was born, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So by the time I was like old enough to understand, it had kind of like it, it had done its time. Right. So and I you don't know anything about that anyway. What? What's that about? Huh? I, do, I also don't know what she's talking about. What did yeah. she go down on in the theater? What does that mean? I don't get it. Was she giving someone a back scratch? Why was? Why would she want him to feel that? Yeah, is that, isn't that um, a nice thing? But so I didn't hear that song until I was like older. And so I somehow already knew going in that it was Dave Coulier. What? So I what? have never, what? I have what? never heard that what? song and not known what? that it was Uncle Joey. <laughs> I am clutching my pearls. How did yeah. you know that? I learned I that from TikTok like two months ago. No, I've known that for years. What the hell? Who told you? I that? had known. I had never heard the song all the way through. I had known the like. I'd known the like. I'm here to remind mm-hmm. you. I'd like known all that, um, but I'd never heard the like explicit parts of the song yeah so i like that we made was yeah. and so Jeez. by the time i actually like heard the parts that you have to visualize visualize dave coulier doing i knew it was dave <laughs> oh, God. coulier oh, God. so uh, my innocence was robbed from me a long time ago do you remember how you found out i don't how would the, who i have told found you? out i couldn't tell you i think the internet told me no, mm. oh no, that's totally a thing that Connie would have told me. Mm. I feel like my oldest Freaking sister Connie. knew that and she told me. Because that's the kind of thing that she would know and, and yeah. broadcast to other people. Anyways, let's you ready to talk uh, about this maybe episode? talk about Glee. Yeah, maybe. All right. So this was the, ep- the episode we watched was called Mattress. It aired on December 2nd, 2009, and it was directed by our girl, Elodie Keen, and written mm-hmm. by that one guy, Ryan Murphy. <laughs> so here are some clocks for you, for you to learn Woo! something about the episode mattress. All right. So the songs um, in this episode. What? Go ahead. The The connection is getting real wonky, and oh, you really? just sound like T-Pain right now. Really? Yeah, it sounds like you're being auto-tuned. Yeah. We... No, I hate that. Should we, like, pause and try something else? Oh, I think it's probably fine. Okay, well, let me to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. It's not fair. It's not fair. To deny me of the cross-eyed bear that you gave to me. Because the love that you gave that we made wasn't able to make. Fine. This is just the podcast where we sing that song a million times. This is actually the Alanis Morissette cover podcast. (laughs) But Uh, just that one song. Misinformed. We're re theming it. Just you Mm -hmm. ought to know. Um, Mm -hmm. So 
since you know every time we record i'm just like what if i sang at full volume for no reason yeah my our downstairs neighbor oh no we were talking to her on halloween because we had her take pictures of us she's also like Mm -hmm. an an old family friend like i've known her for right okay ooh, like 13 years now but she was telling me (laughs) that she she meets with clients like over zoom in her apartment and she was doing it while we were recording and you could hear me singing so if any oh of her God. clients are down there right now, she said that they couldn't hear it on their end, though. Only she could hear it. Oh, and she cool. also oh, said cool. that she didn't want it to discourage me from singing. Oh, so. wait, that is so sweet. So, you know, if they hear it, they hear it. You're welcome. When I was living with my family over quarantine, my sister did the whole, like, do a call center thing from her, from her, like, her room downstairs and I would be like, this was like while I was still in class. So I would be doing class via Zoom over like in up north and I would have to sing and Aubrey would get so freaking pissed at me. She would be like, you can't <laughs> sing. And I'm like, I literally have to. She's like, I could get fired. And I was like, you don't even like that job. And like, it was such a weird thing because like, yeah, like she needed a quiet place, but they had to understand that like, I, I couldn't not sing i sing for school you know i don't think to my knowledge she never got in trouble but she is a bitch to me about that kind of stuff she was so mean and i'm gonna keep that in the podcast (laughs) love her we are not cutting that out i'm not gonna okay let's talk about the songs in the episode shall we so yeah we have smile by lily allen performed by finn and rachel we have jump by van halen by the New Directions, Smile, Charlie Chaplin, The New Directions. And then we also have When You're Smile. What? You're freaking me out. What are you doing? I was dancing along to the songs. I was excited. <laughs> but you will trying to keep up. my energy your, up, what's Lena. What's your comment? You were no, doing I this. don't have a comment. I was dancing along oh. to the songs. I you was were doing excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it was. I was putting both my hands in the air. Oh, okay. And I was I'm shaking them like, like I don't, don't care. care. Like, I just don't I know don't you care. don't. Anyway. <laughs> so, then we have Smile by Charlie Chap- Chaplin, performed by the, new- by the New Directions. Good songs, yo. Very good songs. Let's jump into these glacks. So, did you know that the ori- the episode was originally called Once Upon a Mattress? But like they, they ran into the some, musical? like, copyright conflicts exactly just like the musical so the cop like copyrights came into play and they were like you can't name your episode that so in america they changed the name to mattress and then everywhere else it's once upon a mattress so in like europe in like spanish-speaking countries like it's it's okay because um they like translated it or something isn't that interesting that is very interesting so the glax i have to tell you on glee wiki this week are not great good they're not great so like one of them is like when the photographer of the shoot begins to pack up his things rachel tells him he hasn't even seen her over the over the left shoulder pose yet which just so happens to be leah's signature pose what a what a glack right that honestly i'm floored (laughs) i know (laughs) how did i go so long without knowing that Think these glacks are not winners. One of the glacks. Did you know that in the Susel Vister like has her whole dedicated page because for some 
deranged reason all of the teachers in this freaking school have their own pages devoted to yeah them. like a full page for yeah. each teacher I know. And then the Spanish teacher is right by the guidance counselor. Right? That doesn't make any sense to me. It's because the yearbook club <laughs> wants them to get together. They're big Wemba yeah. shippers. Honestly, it makes sense. The stars have aligned for them. So, but under Sue's picture, it says that she's the coach of the diving team as well. Oh, Nini Leakes' future job. Yeah, right? Oh. Interesting, okay. right? Is that is that ever mentioned? Like when we, because spoiler alert, but not really. You do meet the diving coach in a few seasons, and it is Nini Leaks. Yeah. And is it ever mentioned that she like took over for Sue, or do they just forget? I really don't remember. We'll have to keep it keep an you eye know, out for it. Well, I don't in, think so. In like three seasons, we'll check back. In. Hear me out. I think that's them being lazy. Yeah, I do too. When I see that, I think that's them being lazy. That's the end of my Glax. Really lackluster Glax. I hoped for more for this episode, but um, you know, we'll see. But this episode, you know what? No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about it. We're gonna just plow through to what you missed, and then we're gonna talk about it. Okay, and then we're gonna talk about it. Okay, tell okay. me what we missed. Mattress. Everyone, are you ready? I'm ready. Here's what you missed on Glee. Glee. Hit the fan. <laughs> After the Glee Club picture gets cut from the yearbook due to constantly getting defaced, Will buys a quarter page picture for the club, but it can only fit two people. Rachel and Finn are chosen to be photographed, but Finn chickens out at the last second. The Glee kids star in a local mattress commercial, unwittingly revoking their amateur status and disqualifying them from sectionals. Will finds out Terry's been faking her pregnancy and ends up spending the night in the choir room on one of the complimentary mattresses from the commercial. Quinn blackmails Sue into giving up one of the Cheerios yearbook pages to the Glee Club. The Glee Club returns the mattresses, reinstating them in sectionals, but since Will slept on one, he's still disqualified, leaving the club without a director one week before the competition. And that's what you missed on Glee! Wow. Was I too spitty to understand what I was saying? No, I understood all the words you said. <laughs> my, That's awesome. My salivary glands really kicked it into overtime on that one, let me tell you. <laughs> one time I went into a voice lesson, not with my regular voice teacher. It was like a secondary for a musical I was in. And I expressed that concern. I was like, I'm nervous I'm too spitty. And he was like, well, don't. And that was the only advice he gave me. Just just don't be spitty. Yeah. Or don't or be I nervous. Or I think it was don't worry about it. I think it was don't worry about it, but it was just like, well, whatever. And I was like, oh. Okay, thank you. Okay. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, let's talk let's about talk about mattress. Let's talk about mattress. Look you guys, at your face right now. You <laughs> loved this episode. This is maybe in my wow. top three of the entire series. I think this series? episode is a like I think this episode is so good. And I will go on the record and Whoa. say that this is Rachel Berry's best episode. I would say that. I was actually this thinking that too. This is peak. There is nothing that she does in this episode that I don't absolutely love. She yeah. is so 
funny. Leah mm-hmm. Michelle knocks out of the park. It has my two all-time favorite Rachel Berry bits, which are the montage of her being in every single club picture. It's Especially the black student union when the it's one kid is staring at her up. like, what are you doing? I know. And her trying to convince the other members to be in the picture with her. Those mm-hmm. are my two all-time favorite Rachel Berry bits, and they're both in this episode. Yeah. She, uh, incredible, amazing, show-stopping, never, never the same, seen. always different, not yeah. afraid to reference or not reference, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's awesome. The way that she smiles when she's just so excited to be elected, like, president of the glee club like glee club captain she's like like she just she has she's such a good actress <laughs> i love her freaking rachel berry haters get out this is a rachel berry fan cast right now for mattress specifically specifically you know you and i will show I... rachel more than anybody i hate her guts but also she is so awesome and especially this first season she's just a weird goober who like has way too many feelings and you know what aren't we all weird goobers with way too many feelings i know i am yeah. I see Rachel in this episode, and I'm like, that's the most relatable show. She is so funny. When she goes and talk, when she's getting her picture taken, and then she hears he's casting a local commercial, and she starts crying. And he's like, no, it's okay, it's okay, I'll take more pictures. And then she looks up, and she stopped crying and goes, I can cry on demand. Mm-hmm. And then goes, I'm also very versatile. And short of ex- the exploitation of animals and nudity, I'll do just about anything to break into the biz. And then puts her hands on her hands hips. Hands on her hips. Incredible. Oh. And she it's keeps so doing, they mention this in Showmance, they call them her Barbie hands. That Leah Michelle keeps doing this thing where she keeps all of her hands. She keeps her hands like her fingers are fused together like a Barbie. Mm-hmm. And she'll put them on her hips or she'll like keep them by her sides. And she does it whenever Rachel gets like especially passionate about something. Mm-hmm. She does them all the time in this episode. I oh. love it. The writing for her is so strong. Leah Michelle makes such strong choices. When she is telling the club that they got cast in a local mattress commercial and they're all yeah. excited and she's all excited. And then Finn goes, seriously? And then she immediately goes, yes, Finn. Yes, Finn. Like, so, <laughs> so rude and condescending to him. I know. Amazing. I love when she goes up to the mirror and she's like, I have to pull myself together. I'm not like this. And she like <laughs> sings herself a song in her head. Like I, Rachel... She is such a sweet bean. I love her. This episode is the episode that made me decide, like, back in when I was rewatching season one in, like, 2010, this is the episode that made me decide that Rachel Berry was my favorite character, was Mattress. Yeah. She's amazing. I could talk about Rachel for 10 years in this episode, but it's going to get very boring. Let's move on to something else. But I just love it! No, she's awesome. And we'll continue to talk about her. How about (sighs) we start with talking about the songs? Let's do it. So, up first, we have Smile by Lily Allen. I love this song! Here's the deal. What's the deal? This song (laughs) makes no sense in this episode. No, it doesn't make any sense. It is so forced. There is no purpose for it to be in it. I don't care. I love this number. I know, it's so good. I forgive the writers immediately for, like, the contrived straight up. Can you imagine someone's like, Lena, we need to work on your smile. So we're just going to sing a song about smiling, and somehow that will teach you how to smile on camera. 
It's ridiculous. But But also this song is about like a breakup and being like, yeah. sometimes I think about how shy you are and I smile. Yeah, like, it's that, like sometimes that, so I weird. think about you crying uh-huh. and it makes me smile. I don't I have no notes. It I was have... wonderful. No, it's it makes wonderful. no sense. It makes zero sense. Also, Brad, the piano player, is featured heavily. He and is. there's absolutely no piano in this song. No, so I So what is he playing? I don't know. If there's anything, there's like keyboard, but there's no way it's piano. But that's, no, yeah, grand. that's, that is a grand piano. <laughs> there is no electric anything in that. But there's a moment at the beginning of the song when Rachel walks around Brad and he looks so fed up and annoyed with oh, her. Oh, yeah. It is hysterical. Brad. You know what my wow. favorite part of this number is? What? Other than all of it. I, I'm going to bring it back to my mans. Like, you know, we love Rachel, but the way Finn <laughs> Hudson walks is so bad. He he is so top heavy. I, don't, I, I, I encourage you all to go watch this number and just pay attention to how top heavy he is and how fucking flat footed he is. He like leans over and the, the he looks like Frankenstein and his arms are always like kind of like just weird. Like they're just weird. And I love to see it. It brings me it sparks so much joy for me. And I just I love it. And you know what? I hate to say it. I love Rachel and Finn. I ship it. I'm sorry. Oh, I I don't hate to say it. I love to say it. Finchel. I really do. Finchel is Till the day I die, everyone. Especially in moments like this. (sighs) If you're someone who likes to listen to this podcast because you like to hear us crap on Glee, you might want to just skip this episode. This This really isn't this. Well, there are things that I don't like in this episode that we can talk about. You know, I don't know if there is anything I don't like. Really? Well, we'll get into it then. (laughs) I love it so much that even the dumb stuff, I'm like, I don't care. Let's go with it. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got jump. (sighs) I love this number. (laughs) This is quintessential glee. Do you hate this number? No, it's just okay, literally good. this whole episode is us being like, let's talk about Rachel. I love Rachel. Let's talk about Smile. I love Smile. Let's talk about Jump. I love this number. It's a great, no- it's a great it is. freaking episode. It's I won't awesome. fight you on it. Okay. So, <laughs> um, anyway, I'm just looking at my notes and then I got a glimpse of my notes because right after this is, uh, Will and Terry's big scene. <laughs> just saw my notes for that. <laughs> And I had to laugh. Um, anyway, let's talk about jump. I've got my first note is Mercedes did not have to go that hard. And she, she did that. A C. And then Amber Riley would do that on tour live. Yeah. Every live. performance would belt a high C. Amber Riley is inhuman the way that she sings it is absolutely so beautiful she is so amazing her control is incredible like the way that she just so effortlessly and in a number that she she barely has a solo in this she's just riffing in the background and she just it's finn's song she really ripped that from him she really said fuck you finn this is my song now and you know what i love her for it i love her for it Good for her. It's what she deserves. This number is so fun. Also, they did this number without Will. 
mm-hmm. he even says because you you might believe like oh this is a number that like they've been rehearsing in Glee Club and they just did it for the commercial. No, Will says at the end, like, you guys did jump without me. Then why the heck is he getting paid to coach this club? I know, because... I would say this is one of the best numbers they've done. Exactly. And it was without his help at all. And they did it in, uh, what, an afternoon? Yeah, and literally the owner of the mattress store was like, yeah, okay, how about we don't do the script and you guys come up with something? And yeah, they rehearsed for, what, like 30 minutes and pulled this out of their butts? Come on! I And it's moments like this where you can tell how... I don't know, and maybe I'm like... Maybe I'm totally deranged in thinking this, but it looks like they're having so much fun. And you can tell that, like, especially, like, the characters who don't have a lot of dialogue, like, you know, Brittany's in the background and Mike's in the background. And, like, you know, everyone is just having so much fun and laughing and having a good time. I want to be a part of New Directions so bad in moments like this, you know? I don't have anything bad to say about this number. No. I'm sorry if you awesome. if you wanted me to hate on Glee this week. I have some bad news for you. Go listen to Acapellas again. I have nothing bad to say about <laughs> yeah. Mattress. And also, you guys, you have to understand, there are more bad episodes than there are good ones. And I say that as a longtime Glee lover. So you, if you're waiting for us to show on it, wait a week. Well. Sectionals is next. Wait two weeks. It's probably going to be great. (laughs) Because in two two weeks, weeks. we get to the back half of season one, and the back half is when the wheels really start coming off the cart. But hear me out. I know. We also get Jesse St. James. I know. I know. I know. My little girl heart cannot cannot handle we oh will, my god we will become a jesse st james stan podcast we're not gonna apologize for that either i literally can't I, I need you guys to understand if you want me to show jesse st james you're not gonna get it because you know what i love <laughs> a broody man villain but there's plenty more that we will crap on oh however yes. for mattress i'm just gonna talk about how fun jump was yeah and it was it was awesome i love i love their little you know, matching pajama sets. Also, how many freaking characters were in that man's script? I know. And also, all of them are terrible actors, and I love to see it. <laughs> but also, they're all like, they're all supposed to be like purposely being bad actors because that's the joke. And yet, Puck's bad acting just sounds like Mark Sailing delivering a lot. I know. <gasps> that is the T. I love the plot point that they are cast in a local commercial that they aren't even getting paid for. They're being paid in mattresses and that's it. And they, every single one of them, like even Quinn is like psyched out of their minds, Mm -hmm. convinced that they're going to be celebrities. Tina straight up says, I can't believe we're finally breaking into the business. Yeah. It is so funny. I know. So perfect. My sister is calling me from the other room. One second. Okay. Hello? Yeah, what? Oh my god, I have an idea. (laughs) Oh dang it, I'm sorry. Hi, I'm trying to video chat you, I don't know how. To remind you. Maybe I can find the cords. 
This is just this is gonna be our intermission where we just sing "You Ought to Know" while I send my sister pictures of different cards. I'm trying to find chords for it. Maybe I could play it on the guitar. I need to find a capo. My room is a mess. Damn it! I want you to know that I'm happy for you. The thing is, we aren't synced up, so I'm trusting you're following me. I am. And every time you say her name, does she know that you told me it won't be until you died, till you died, but you're still alive, and I'm here. Oakley. Come on, come on. I'm, I'm getting to it. Here to, to remind you of the mess you left when you went away. It's not fair to deny me the cross I bear that you gave to me you, you, you I don't know should we get back to Glee? no <laughs> <laughs> now that I've sent my sister all the pictures of whatever the heck card she needed um, back to mattress everyone back to mattress <laughs> That's me playing the guitar. I'm really bad, but very excited about playing. What? What a descent into absolute madness that was. Also, I can't even imagine what you were hearing, but it sounded really good from my end. I was following you. I was a good musician. I was trying my best to keep a tempo and not be distracted. Good. Because, like, I would sing and then a chord would come in two seconds later. So, everyone, I don't... if we sound off from each other, it's not our fault. No, it's the internet's it. fault. Hear me out. I think I just learned a really valuable lesson about auditioning. Because sometimes you're, like, trying to follow the piano player. No. The musician can follow no, you, you. They keep up with you. One time I was in an audition, and it, <laughs> I was singing um, I was singing Chip on Your Shoulder from Legally Blonde. Mm. And I got to the... Guess you never can tell with little Miss Woods, comma, ill. And then the pianist got so messed up that they stopped playing. And I had to finish the song, which is like just riffs. And I had to finish it acapella because I got so lost. They stopped playing. And I was like, anyways, here's me riffing over nothing. Hope you like it. And guess what? I got a call back. So it worked out. I did not book it, but I did get a call back. All right, everyone. Sorry about that lengthy phone call turned <laughs> concert. <laughs> Let's get back. I cannot wait to hear how you have how you Frank Frankenstein that together. It's going to be very good. <laughs> how I abbreviate what was like a 15-minute interruption <laughs> into being like as short number. as possible. Because truly... The reason it turned into a concert is I just kept sending different pictures to my sister and she kept responding, no, that's not the thing I need a picture of. (laughs) And so in the meantime, Lena and I just started singing while I was doing it. Okay, back to what I was saying before. It's just so, it is so perfect. And it like a big problem with Glee in the future is that it kind of like loses the world Mm -hmm. and everything becomes so like, bigger than life in a bad way this storyline of like them getting cast in a local commercial and getting so starstruck is so like small town perfectly what it should be and then 
the club getting disqualified because they did the commercial because they didn't realize it revoked their amateur yeah. status. Like those are very realistic, very grounded stakes. Just like Cheetah Girls too. Just it is Cheetah Girls too. Is that what happens? Yeah. Because what's her face sings with the Spanish girl mm-hmm, because Belinda. Yeah. Oh. <gasps> and then she gets because Belinda's mom yep. is a little b word. But Belinda doesn't take money. Remember, she never takes the money for her performances. But the cheetah, but the cheetah girls did. But but the cheetah girls did. Dang. Yep. Wow. Honestly, mattress is just trying to copy cheetah girls. I literally too. was thinking that. Uh, that's embarrassing. But it is it is so true to the world that they've oh, created, certainly. and I love it. Yeah. Have you ever been on like the local news before? yes yeah one time one time my neighbor did like i don't know i feel like it had to have been more than a lemonade stand because why would that be on the local news but my neighbor was like doing something that got on the news Mm -hmm. that was essentially like uh, like this 10 year old girl is like earning money isn't that impressive um and i was also 10 years old so they were coming out to interview her and of course we were all starstruck oh, that local news was coming for sure so i while they were getting b-roll footage i leapt across the camera <laughs> um and then i went home i was like i'm so funny like i am a comedic genius yeah. i am gonna be famous for this and i go home and i tell my family i'm like i just they were interviewing casey for the local news and I just leapt in front of the camera, blah, blah, blah. And my mom goes, you did that? I hate when kids do that. <gasps> oh, I was mom. like, oh. <laughs> I mean, she's right, though. Yeah. It's very obnoxious. <laughs> it is. I have a have story. Have you been on the local news? I have. Oh, you, you sang on the local news. I did. That was a, when I was a bit older, I sang on the local news for Big Buddha, which is a, he's a big Utah guy. He's interviewed you before. I've seen it happen. He, I mean, he didn't interview me. Yeah. He interviewed someone else and I was in the same room yeah. and then we all sang. When I was in eighth grade, which like, you know, how, how often am I going to reference eighth grade on this GD podcast? I think I might've been in eighth grade. I was in Hairspray the Musical. I played Velma Von Tussle, and it was a thing, like... Honestly, perfect casting. I know, literally, I'm perfect for that role. Um, and I was when I was 14. Um, anyway, but we uh, we were doing the show, and they had us all come super early to the school, like 5 a.m., and they were, like, trying to see, like, ki- like different kids in different segments that they could interview and then show, like, a 30-second bit of the song. So we were going to do... We had done stuff all morning, and then the last bit was going to be the song, I Can Hear the Bells, and they were going to interview me. So, I get to the school, and it's not Big Buddha. He's sick that day. It's a different random lady. (gasps) And then I get fully dressed. Everyone else is, like, in their school clothes. I get fully dressed, including 60s beehive, and I am literally wearing, like, blue eyeshadow, ready to be interviewed. And I walk, like, I'm ready to be interviewed. And then she interviews a different kid. And, like, goes completely off of what had, like, what we had planned. And I'm, you know, (sighs) a 15-year-old, like, on the verge of a nervous breakdown at, like, at all times anyway. And she doesn't interview me. So I'm literally standing there, like, waiting. And, like, I'm in this full getup, like, convinced I was going to be interviewed. Everyone else around me is in regular clothes. And then they cut to the number and you can see me crying. 
<laughs> Isn't that so sad? But I was so convinced I was like gonna be famous from that one interview. That I know. Isn't that so sad? Mortifying it was. At that age. I remember going to my um like my parents and my parents, you know, were like, We're so sorry. The other kid that they interviewed was an idiot anyway. And I was like, Yeah, he was. Isn't that terrible? That's so awful. I know. It was awful. Being on the local news when you're in your when you're like a kid in a small town, that is everything. Yeah. It's exciting. That's why I freaking love the storyline and I love how freaking pumped they all get about it. They do. It's so true to how what that is like as a child. Yeah. Ugh, beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we should talk about Charlie Chaplin's smile until the end. Okay. Because it's it's much less a number as it is like it's a, like a, a yeah, montage, montage, you know? For sure. And it is like a very good bow on the episode, so I think we should talk about the rest of the episode first. Totally. What should we talk about first? Let's start with the first scene. Okay. Um, here's some thoughts on this first scene. One... Ken Tanaka showed up on the screen, and I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, that guy? Ken Tanaka's a character in this show. I know. <laughs> Seriously, I had forgotten. We, I mentioned a few episodes ago that I was like, one thing I respect about Glee is if a character isn't necessary for the plot, they don't include them in the episode. Um, but I'm going to just put a little, a little addendum on that. But sometimes they leave a character out for so long that when they come back, you're like, wait, him? Like, they could have at least had Ken make an appearance. Yeah, because I think the last episode he was on was the thong saw was was mashup. Was it vitamin D? Oh, no, it was mashup. It was mashup. It was mashup. So it's been a long time. Yeah. No mashup mashup. I forgot that that he and Emma were even engaged because they also have barely talked about it since mashup. I know. I have a totally thought, over my head. I know. And I I don't like how the show does that, especially with, like, the other people. Like, I'm talking about specifically Terry and Ken. And then they keep putting Will and Emma together. And I'm like, we have been over this how many times? Mm-hmm. And you keep putting them in scenes together and then literally cutting their other signif- their significant others out yeah, of the show? Yeah, to the point... Come to on. the point that I forget that Emma's in a relationship with someone exactly. else because he never shows up and no one ever talks about him. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Anyway, so in that scene, we learn that Ken and Emma have scheduled their wedding to be the exact night of sectionals. Ba-ba-ba-da! And Will is pissed. He's like, but that's sectionals. How would you, how, like, why would you miss sectionals for your own wedding? Which, like, come on. But Ken 100% did it out of spite. Oh, I know that. But also, it just brings up, you know, thoughts I have about, especially weddings, when people get really pissed that, like, people didn't plan their weddings specifically for other people's schedules. And I hate that. I hate that so much. It's their wedding. It's just moments like this, and I see Will being like, I cannot believe you would do that to me. Emma, what the hell? I'm like, um, it's not your wedding, dude. It's not your wedding. Also, on another Will note, how does he not know it's yearbook pictures? He I know. comes in and he's like, why is everyone getting all... <laughs> why is everyone gussied up? He asks why everyone is all gussied up, 
But we see over the course of the episode, this episode takes place over like two to three days. Oh, I know, yeah. And picture day isn't until the end of the episode. So actually, I will agree with Will. Why is everyone gussied up two days before picture day? Yeah. And maybe they were doing like individual pictures one day. And maybe, then yeah, maybe it's like picture week. Because I think that's normal. I, I remember my picture my picture stuff like they would do group photos one day class photos one day and then like individual pictures a different day yeah no you're right you're right that's true i forgot but also (laughs) he's an idiot if he doesn't know no but yeah how how would you forget william um i love sue in this scene specifically because many times sue is nasty and she's trying to hurt other people yep In this scene, she is so incredibly apathetic to them that she is, like, being really rude to them. But she's not trying to be rude. She literally, like, could not care less. Yeah. She walks up. She does not even remember Ken's name. Yeah. She's like, you. (laughs) Just says you. She just tell when she's telling Will that the Glee Club doesn't get a photo, it's, there is, and it, it makes it so much funnier to me. It's not an underlying, like, yeah, in your face, William. Like, your kids are such losers, they don't get a photo. She's straight up, like, she could not care less. She's yeah. just, like, these are the facts. Yeah. Your kids are losers. Their photo gets defaced, so they don't get a picture. And then she straight up says, you guys are boring me now. Yeah. I'm going to go do something else. <laughs> gets up and leaves. And then just leaves her food, too. Which, oh my god! It is so funny to me when actors like act with food. I don't know why that is so funny to me because it's they're so they so couldn't be bothered to have this conversation that they're like eating food while it's happening. I have a weird qualm with this episode. What? So, that it's too good. I agree. <laughs> exactly. No, no. Just like the logistics. <laughs> like I, the the main problem I have with this show usually is just the logistics. I don't think this world is very well thought out. So with the yearbooks. Are these just the school copies of the yearbooks? Do they not get their own copies of the yearbook? No, I think they do. But it's like, because libraries, at least my high school, you could go to the library and you could check out a yearbook from any year. Sure. And I think those are the ones that get defaced. Okay. And like, those are the ones that like you will go. Because um, I remember specifically when I was in high school, David Spade went to my high school, who's, like, the voice of Cusco and Emperor's New Groove, yeah. and he was on SNL and yeah. stuff. Um, he's, like, really the only prominent person to come out of my high school besides, like, Chelsea Staub, who went there for a semester. Um, but I specifically went to the library to try and find David Spade's yearbook to, like, see a picture of him. And so it is, like... Yeah. People, students do sometimes go look through old yearbooks, and if the copy in the library has your picture defaced, like, that is embarrassing. Totally. And I get that, but it's also, like, it's just weird. I just thought it was weird. And also, this school, McKinley High, has such an intense bullying problem, and... You know, they have the slushy machine still in the building, which I know you love. And then they have these yearbooks that are, like, so rampantly defaced. And instead of, like, tackling the bullying problem, they're just like, let's just not let these kids have a yearbook photo. But But isn't that so true to how that gets handled in real life? So true. I just hate to see it. I totally get that. Not even just, like, bullying in a high school, but just the world in general. Yeah. It's always, like, instead of attacking the people who are, like, doing the wrong thing, let's just cut the thing entirely. Yeah. So disappointing. Um, Here's my thoughts on that. What are your thoughts? I thought this while watching it. 
This club mm-hmm. has Puck, mm-hmm. Finn, mm-hmm. Mike, mm-hmm. Matt, mm-hmm. Brittany, mm-hmm. Santana. Mm-hmm. Six people who are established over and over to be like exceptionally popular. Yep. That is half the club. Yep. And then if you tack on Quinn, which Quinn has had like a fall from grace, but Quinn was previously the most popular girl in school. Over half this club yeah. is like the school's top dogs. Exactly. And you're telling me they're still getting mercilessly bullied. I understand like when just Finn was in the club that he was getting bullied. But when you add three other football players and three cheerleaders, I do not buy that this club is still like bottom of the food chain. I don't it's, buy it either. doesn't make any sense. To me, if I saw, if I went to school with Queen B. Quinn... And she joined Glee Club, I would join Glee Club. Yeah, if I saw Queen Bee Quinn wearing army pants and flip-flops, I would buy army pants and flip-flops. One time, Queen Bee Quinn punched me in the face. It was awesome. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I completely agree. Like, I just, it doesn't, like, and I was a human who went to school around this time. And I had so many friends who, like, popular, like, in our school, the popular kids were the kids who did, like, student uh, government. Um, and when they did theater, they were the, like, top dogs. And we all, like, fawned over them. And we were like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. What's his bucket is here? What's her face is here? Like, we loved them. And they got so much praise for it. So at my school, our choir program was a lot like the Glee Club where it had, like, a lot of more popular kids in it. it our choir just like wasn't nerdy to do mm-hmm. so we had like a bunch of like athletes and jocks and like cheerleaders and like all kinds of people in our choir so just being in choir was not anything weird and then our theater program whenever our theater program would do straight plays which for you non-theater mu- people is a non-musical when they don't sing. only the yeah only the theater kids would audition And so the straight plays were, like, pretty embarrassing, and no one would go, and it, like, they weren't cool to do. But then when we would do musical, Mm -hmm. musicals, the choir kids would audition, and so a lot of the popular kids would be in the musicals, so therefore the musicals were cool. Like, no one thought being in the musical was embarrassing because the popular kids were doing it, whereas being in a straight play could be embarrassing because the popular kids weren't doing it. It's like, by high school logic, if over half the kids in the Glee Club are cool, Glee Club is no longer embarrassing mm-hmm. to do. Like, kids in high school are such followers exactly. that they would be like, I'm not saying that, like, the Glee kids would be, like, the top no, dogs by any all. means. Like, Artie and Tina would still get bullied probably on their own time, but no one would be getting ridiculed for being in Glee Club. No, I completely agree. Like, especially when you're in high school... And, like, myself included, like, you're so quick to be, like, oh, this is the cool new thing. And, like, cool mm-hmm. new things are always happening. Like, and that is exciting. And I don't, I just don't, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't think this world was very no. well thought out. Like. I don't buy it at all. They I think it's lazy. Too many, <laughs> too many popular kids on this team. I know. For it to be so rich. And then that also sucks because this show is supposed to be, uh, like, a show about misfits right and then we have over half of the people in this club being really popular kids and i'm like i love them they're my favorite characters and they are misfits in their own way for sure but also 
I don't know. But beyond that, it's not like Finn joins the Glee Club and he kind of, for like an episode, but he kind of becomes less popular. And then like Quinn joins the Glee Club and mainly she gets pregnant and so she becomes less popular. But like Puck, Brittany, Santana, Mike, like they all still keep their social standing. If it was like they joined the Glee Club and we saw that like they became kind of a pariah. But for all intents and purposes from what we've seen, they've all kept their social standing. So like what Mm -hmm. the crap? Anyway, this episode is awesome. <laughs> Let's That's talk about just, those something are just else. Problems I have with the show in general, not this episode. Okay, let's talk about should we get into the Will and Terry of it all? Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's get so, into it. You remember you remember that TikTok trend? Yes. Where the sound was like, was anybody else scared? Raise your hand if you were scared. Yeah, yeah me too. I was really scared. It's the Tyra Banks I saw thing. one of those. Yeah, I saw one of those. And the caption was, me after watching the scene where Will finds out that Terry's not pregnant. It is genuinely frightening. Up, it, every, which honestly, you have to give credit where credit is due, is due to Matthew Morrison's acting ability. It is a very scary scene. It is really Straight scary. up. I thought he was going to hit her 12 different times in that scene. I thought he was going to hit her. It was so... I'm very glad he didn't. Me too. I would... I Um, I was very... But the emotion was there. It was scary. (laughs) Yeah. I... Like, when he, like, grabs her wrist and, like, pins her up against the wall, I was like, please don't hit her. Also, yo. Yo. As someone who is like a pretty bad liar, especially when I'm put on the spot. Shout out. Terry should do improv. He walks up to her and he holds a yes. pregnancy pad. What is this without missing a beat? Oh, that's a pregnancy pad. You wear them to like try on maternity wear to see what it would look like when you're showing. Immediately. I would be Seriously, like, oh, I'd be cool. like, okay, you're forgiven. I trust you. Like, yeah. whoa. She's like, oh yeah, Kendra stole Kudos it for me. To you. I, like, I love Terry. Like, and I know... Terry is doing some bad play. Like, she's not, like, obviously she is in the wrong here. I just love her so much. I just love her so much. There's something in me that just loves her. And, like, the moment when she's like, I panicked. I didn't know what to do. I totally thought I was having a kid. And then, like, it wasn't a lie at first. I was like, jeez, this poor woman. Like, I know that she's the bad guy in this situation, but I can't, I love her. I just. mm. Well, I do like. Especially for how, like, unsympathetic the writers try to make mm-hmm. Terry. I do like that they give Emma the moment later where Emma oh says my God, yes. that she's, like, her methods were wrong. Like, she did a bad thing, but I can understand why she did it. Yeah. I loved that moment. I do appreciate that they give us that little moment of, like, Emma herself is being, like, I understand why she did it and, like, what pushed her to that yeah. point. Also... Will tells Terry to pick up her shirt. Mm-hmm. Who says that? Have you ever in your life no. had someone tell you to pick up your shirt? You say that if the shirt is off their body and on the floor. Yeah. You it is lift up. lift up, William. Show me you your imagine? baby bump. Can you imagine he's holding Terry's wrist? She's pinned against the wall. And he's like, pick up your shirt. What? Pick up like, your shirt. And she goes, I'm sorry, do you mean the lift? <laughs> That's what you would do for sure. <laughs> let me let me read you my notes. So immediately I have so my my first note is she did not have to go that hard. 
hard talking about Mercedes. And then the next scene, it just jumps into like from Van Halen to this number. I mean, from that number mm-hmm. to this scene, it's so fast. The background music is like really got my pulse going. I know. I was so scared. Here are my notes. Oh, it's happening. I literally, my first note is in all caps, straight up, it's the same thing. My notes go from, how on earth did a local commercial get the rights to jump? To, in all caps, <laughs> in all caps, holy crap, I forgot this is the episode where Will finds out. I totally did not remember that. I had no, literally, because like no, last and, week. and the second it switched to him going through the closet, I was like, <gasps> no, it's happening. I know, I know, because last week, it sets it up too, it sets it up so well. Last week, like, I was like, I know everything's going to fall apart. Everything's about to fall apart, and I'm pumped for it. I did not think it would fall apart this fast. Yeah, no, they really, they really go for it but i have to tell you and i do have a problem with this scene what is here it? it is i don't think matthew morrison is a very good actor that's fine that's what it is and he's wearing green and he looks more like a turtle than he ever has he does this was my turtle watch scene of the week literally he looks like a turtle in the scene he totally my does. issue with this scene is when he says to her you have made yourself a stranger to me <laughs> The writing is not like, good in this scene. Okay, Shakespeare. Like, who the crap is talking like that? I know. He, he kept oh saying things that were so weird. Yeah, it was very, like, not at all how you would talk in the heat no. of the moment. He also, said not how you like, would talk in regular life, period. Who, no. who says that to someone? He said something, like, he screamed something along the lines of, like, how could you? And it was, like, so dramatic and so... Ugh. Ugh. I just don't think he's a good actor and it really brought me out of it. I think yeah. our girl friend of the podcast Jesslyn Gilsig holds it down, but he is not given her much. Like I can tell like I don't know, I was just watching them do it and he is like, you know, pushing out one tear and she's like Ugh. you know, I don't know. I just Ugh. No, she really sells it, and I will agree that she's the best part of this scene. Oh, easy. I just think he does a good job of being scary, because oh. I, as an audience member, it was, was scared. Was that scary also, for you? Were, you? were you scared? Raise your hand if you were scared. Yeah, raise your hand if you were scared. Me too, I was really scared. Me too, I was um, really when scared. When he says to her, <laughs> when he says to her, I loved you, Terry. I really <laughs> loved you. And I wrote... Ooh, past tense. <laughs> Ooh, we got What a good. brutal, what a brutal line, William. <laughs> it was pretty brutal. I wonder, jeez, I just, man's a turtle. The man is a turtle. He is. I th- I'm glad you finally see it. It's yeah, like. I had never seen he, it as bad as I saw it this episode. When he is angry and also crying, it is especially a turtle. Yeah, because his mouth gets so tight. Yeah, his mouth gets so tight, and then, like, something about, like, he kind of, like, points his eyebrows up, you know? Yeah. Like, he, like, furrows them, but, like, furrows them upwards, and a, a, a turtle is coming out to play. Here he is, and he wants you to know that you have made yourself a stranger to him. He really said, you know, how you, you talk to your wife. You always have to do that to me. What? <laughs> I always have to belt a song, I have to and you modulate. have to take it up. It's my. I'm sorry. It's a. Who's it's the a mezzo here? It's me. It's me. 
All right. What next? What do you want to talk about next? Ooh, I also want to talk about how, so Finn, not Finn, jeez, oh my god, I can't believe I said that. Will goes to the school to sleep at the school, and he looks mm-hmm. at this stack of mattresses, and I, I presume he doesn't know much about what happened at the mat- at the, like, at the mattress place. I presume he knows little to nothing about it, because that happened, like, the, that afternoon, right? Well, he and says he, to Figgins, when Figgins disqualifies him, he said, I didn't know, I had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Like, he wasn't aware it was happening. Exactly. So he just sees this stack of mattresses he has nothing, like, nothing to do with, and he opens one. And that made me so angry. And I didn't even remember that that was, like, that was, like, the downfall in the episode. But I was like, it, that's not yours. You know you can't do anything with a mattress that you have opened. I thought it was selfish. Here's the deal. You should have slept on the plastic. I had the exact same internal monologue, but then I I just thought about it and I was like, you have you ever had a day that like the day is so terrible Mm -hmm. that you get home, you don't question anything. Like something weird happens and you're like, sure, that might as well happen today. I don't care. And you just like do whatever because you don't give a crap. Like, I've had days where I get home and I'm so mad, I purposely make the house a mess because I'm in such a bad mood. Like, instead of, like, I I will, like... You're such a Gemini. Oh, my God. I will, like, (laughs) kick off my shoes. I will, like, throw my bag because... And not just, like, I set them on the floor. Like, I throw it at something because I'm in such a bad mood. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I had just found out that my wife had been lying to me for, like, four months that I was not going to have a kid... Like, all of that just happened. I have now left the house. I have nowhere to go tonight. You would be in, like, such a dark and such an angry and such a confused place that I would walk in and see a stack of mattresses. And I would be like, why are these here? But then I would be like, frankly, I don't, honestly, I don't care why they're here. Like, they might as well be here. Everything sucks anyway. And I would do the exact same thing. Hmm. I'd be like, you know what? I'll deal with this at another time. I'm so pissed off. I'm just going to do what I want to do right now. And I would sleep on one. So I understand where it's coming from. (laughs) I get that. And I get sleeping on one. I do not understand opening it. Like, as a person who maybe operates in a world where I'm, like, scared of uh, the repercussions of anything, I would be, I would at least put my own blanket on top of the plastic. He didn't have a before blanket? Before I would open it. He just he walked did. out. Oh, did he? No, no. He brought his pillows and blanket. He set oh. his pillows and blanket Wait, onto his desk. So are we to believe he either A, has a pillow and blanket in his car at all times, or B, stormed out of the house with Terry going, Will, please don't leave, please don't leave, please. And then five minutes later comes back in, Hey, I'm so sorry, Terry. I just gotta, I'll be out I of your hair. I just stuff. gotta pick up a pillow and a blanket. I'll be out in a gif. I don't and know then how he, left he got again. it, but he had it. He could have bought it. His wife does work. He he probably gets a that's family true. discount at Sheets and Things. Honestly, that's more believable that he went out and bought a pillow and blanket. Yeah. That's my headcanon. Yeah. <laughs> but I would... I wouldn't break it because I know you cannot return a mattress and those aren't his. Yeah. I straight up didn't know you couldn't return a mattress if you yeah. laid on it. I had no clue. Yeah. Um, but also he just sees that they're a gift. 
he probably thought like oh someone donated this to the glee club i don't know why i'll worry about it later but like these are ours so i might as well use one you know yeah and i totally like get, he didn't yeah. know that those mattresses were going to get them disqualified yeah totally just like the cheetah girls didn't know that them taking shmoney for their very first performance yeah. would once again uh, disqualify them mattress um, is simply cheetah girls too it truly is that is the thesis <laughs> statement of this episode Rachel, Rachel is Galleria mm-hmm. because Rachel's all business. You know who else is Galleria? Me. You. Um, who's Aqua? Tina. Tina is Aqua because they could not care less about Aqua and they could I not know. care less about Tina. I hate that. Who am I? I there's a very clear answer. Who are you? Yep. Oh gosh, Dorinda. I don't know. Are you? Yeah. You're Dorinda? For sure. Oh, great. I would be the one. I would be the one for shizzle who would go to Spain, meet a hot guy, and then go to a dance class with him and then fall in love. Well, they don't really. Which, in the world of Mattress, that is obviously. Obviously. Um. (laughs) Quinn. It's true. (laughs) Quinn would. What is is Andrea Bailon's character's name? Uh, also is that her real name i don't remember give me a second i remember they call each other like chi chi and coco or something yeah. stupid like that that movie so sucks. it's dorinda galleria also Aqua, and lest we forget i mind that being this. these names these names are not their nicknames because their nicknames are like chi chi and coco dorinda who is I'm pretty sure a white girl, that's her real name. Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. Chanel. Okay. Chanel. Okay. Chanel. What is Chanel's whole shtick in that one? Ch- oh, Chanel is the one that gets Ch- wrapped up. So then mm-hmm. wouldn't Chanel be Rachel? Because Rachel's the one that gets them the deal with the mattress company. But Rachel is so Galleria, she can't be both. No, she really can't. And like, so is Finn Chanel? I think so. Like, sh- like, okay. And then Chanel's the one who like befriends the other girl, and like, they're like, she's like, and come frankly, on, you can perform with me. Finn yeah. sings the entirety of Jump, mm-hmm. besides the verse by Artie's. Oh, so to review everyone, Cheetah Girls mattress is Cheetah Girls too. Mm-hmm. Rachel is Galleria. Mm-hmm. Finn is Chanel. Yep. Quinn is Dorinda, I guess. I guess. And Tina is Aqua because they had to put her in somewhere. I also think Mercedes could be Dorinda. But what is Mercedes even doing in this episode? Nothing. But she does have that killer solo. So I want to feature her in the Cheetah Girls. She does. But Quinn does more. And you could say... And you could say that Quinn trying to get back with the Cheerios, like the Cheerios are her Spanish prince and she's getting distracted by the Cheerios. Sure. But okay. then she realizes that her true place is with the Cheetah, with Girls, Cheetah Girls, which is the Glee Club. And not the Tango Amigas Dancer. Cheetah's friends for life. So, the rhythm in, in conclusion. Other. That's what keeps us tight. <laughs> Amigas. Cheetahs live in the dream. Nothing is ever gonna come between. Amigas, Amigas. can I tell you the excitement? Tell me. I had the first time I listened to Strut after my mission and I could understand Angel's verse. <laughs> I love that. What is it? <laughs> um, he says, oh gosh. I remember he says, Descubra mi Barcelona. That sounded so bad, which means discover my Barcelona. Uh-huh. 
Hold up. I'll look up. I'll look up the lyrics. Yeah, dude. <laughs> this hear is me very out. important. I still have on my phone. I have a few Cheetah Girl songs on my phone, but from that one, my favorite song is the is the follow me into my world with every step we take. Okay, to the this tango day, take control. If I listen to the opening number of Cheetah Girls 2, mm-hmm. which is the chill it out, break it down, that's the way we do it now, it still gets me pumped out of my mind. Because yeah. do you remember how every summer they would have a commercial that was Disney Channel Summer? Yep. And they would always feature some song from some like decom or show or whatever. Yep. And they would like play all the events that were happening that summer. And that year, the opening number to Cheetah Girls 2 was the Disney Channel Summer Song. And that movie came out when I was in, like, fourth or fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, ideal Disney Channel age. Right, yeah, and for sure. And so I feel like I'm, like, 10 years old and summer is starting when I listen to it. It Aww, still gets me pumped. Okay, awesome. here's here's Angel's verse. Okay. He sings, Bienvenidas esto es mi sueño. Which means, welcome, this is my dream. Aww. Um Siganme descubran mi Barcelona, which is follow me, discover my Barcelona. And then he just says, welcome, this is my dream again. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Nice. Well, I definitely thought Angel said it was more featured in that song, but I guess he's not. I guess he's not. He is so handsome. Oh, my gosh. I mean, sure. The Fabio hair is a little much. <gasps> All right. Look at your haircut. It, I don't have Fabio hair yet. Say that again <laughs> in two months, Lena. Check yourself. Okay. So the plot twist back to Will sleeping on a mattress in <laughs> Cheetah Girls 2 in the Glee Cheetah, Girls, Cheetah Girls, 2. Girls 2. This Glee, as we have talked about, and Ryan Murphy in general, is mm-hmm. infamous for truly flying by the seat of its pants. Truly. And just making things up as it goes. However, this plot twist to have, like, they do a local commercial and then they get paid in mattresses. And it happens to be the exact night when Will leaves his wife and he sleeps on one of the mattresses. And so he can't return it. And so he is disqualified and they're now going into sectionals without a coach. That is such an exciting plot twist. Oh, for sure. And it is like so well planned and Mm -hmm. so well thought out. And it gets me like truly the stakes going into the first sectionals episode are like sky high. The fact that Will has been disqualified there without a coach, the Glee Club is going to get canceled if they don't win sectionals. It is so, so exciting. Yeah. And... Do you have any other thoughts about this episode before we go into Charlie Chaplin's smile? Let me take a look. I mean, we haven't talked about Quinn at all. We should talk about Quinn. We haven't. Let's talk about Quinn. So, Quinn wants to get back on the Cheerios just to be in the Cheerios picture so that her kids can look back and see who she was in high school. Which, like, in all intents and purposes, she has been on the squad for the majority of the year. She should be on the squad. she, She got kicked off the squad in October. So but I disagree. still, I think she should still be in the photo. I mean, sure, but she has not by any means been on for the majority of the year because she was only on the squad for three months out of a like nine months. Yeah, but she has been captain for a long time. Yeah, she made Which a mistake. That... The girl should be in the photo. 
Which that brings me to my point, which is... What's your point? How on earth was Quinn the cheerleading captain as a freshman in high school? I know. Was that the JV team? Because it doesn't say JV on the page. I know. And also, no no shade to my literal queen, Diana Agron. There's no shade coming from me. She is not the strongest dancer out of any no. of them. There's no way. Is it because like, also, she has the most influential family? That doesn't make any sense to me. But a 14-year-old would not make captain. That's no. not how that works. She'd barely make the squad. Frankly, a sophomore wouldn't make captain, but I'll excuse that like whatever. But yeah. a freshman? No. No. But that's the thing is this show is flying by the seat of its pants. They barely know how old these kids are. All they know is they that's wanted true. They the head cheer. They have not decided their age yet. They don't decide no. their age until the end of season two when they're like, let's not have them graduate yet. Yeah. And literally like Tina has a line like, oh, Mike is older than me. And that's like. Because yeah. frankly, like, you this whole season they've been written as if they're upperclassmen. And mm-hmm. then you find out they're not. You find out that Tina is 14. So, anyway, the show is flying by the seat of its pants. They barely know how old these people are. Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think I she do, should be in the photo. I do love Queen Bee Quinn using her powers for good instead of evil. Yeah. And, like, using her essentially, like, meanness and kind of self-confidence and ability to get what she wants. Yep. To stand up for the Glee Club and stand up to Sue. I love it. I have to say. There's, you know, the moment where she's standing up to Quinn, to not Quinn. Jeez, Louise. I cannot. I'm so bad with people's names. Anyway. Sue? Sue. Yes. She's standing up to Sue. And then she's like, I'd rather stay in Glee. And then she saunters out of her office. And she She, stares. She keeps eye contact with Sue for a while as she's leaving. Bitch walks backwards. And then she does like a hair of her ponytail flip. And I said, how? The woman is magic. How? Here's, here's my thought. We already had essentially the same scene a few episodes ago in Acafellas. I think there is a scene. It is Acafellas. There is an almost this exact scene in the third episode where Quinn talks to Sue and she's like, you know what? Glee Club, they celebrate differences, and they actually accept me for who I am, mm-hmm. and then she leaves. And now, what is this? Like, nine episodes later, once again, she's like, I would rather be part of a team that's proud to have me, like Glee Club. Quinn, you learned this lesson six weeks ago. I, I know. mean, nine weeks ago. I Why know. are you, this happens all the time. They have the characters learn the exact same lesson over and over. Over Ugh. and over. Yep. I hate that about this show. Like, can they? I swear to God. And I know, like, this this season, to me, gets a little bit of a pass. Because, like, they didn't know they were writing the show for as long as they yeah, did. They, it consistently still. got pushed back. That it was, like, six episodes. Just kidding. You're going to have 13 episodes. Just kidding. You're going to have yeah. 22 episodes. Exactly. So I, t- I, total- I totally get, like, they didn't plan for an arc this long. So they need, they're filling it with, like, Quinn having... You know, learning the same thing over and over. But, like, especially in later seasons, when they knew this show was a cultural phenomenon, you would think that they would sit down and, like, storyboard this thing out. And they just don't. Straight up, during season one, the show got picked up 
for two more seasons. They were told, you for sure will have through end of season three. And instead of planning arcs for the next two seasons, they were like, "Eh, we'll probably figure it out as we go. And in season three, they truly are just doing whatever they want by that point. And then it gets worse. It just gets worse. And you think that, like, with all the people watching the show, the millions of people that are tuning in every single week, that they would take it a bit more seriously. (sighs) Okay, so. Let's talk about Will finds out. Will finds out about the disqualification just because I want to get this line in because it's so funny. And he says, they did this song for commercial. They didn't realize it was an innocent mistake. And Sue says, and what if I were to just innocently murder you, Will? I'd still have to go to trial. Probably get off with justifiable homicide. Excellent line. Excellent. All right. Now into Smile. This number, I will say, they truly, this whole episode is the Glee Club doesn't want to do a picture because it's going to get defaced. And then they 100% just breeze over their change of heart. They're like, I don't know, they're all into it now, I guess. Like, we know why Quinn is into it. But does she really have that much pull with the club still that she could convince everyone else to be excited about it? But I'm willing to forgive it because I love this scene. Love it. I love... It is such a great build that you just found out that Will can't be their teeth. I can't coach them for sectionals. Like, they're on their own. The stakes are so high for sectionals, as I've already mentioned. And then it cuts into, like, such a melancholy, beautiful song Mm -hmm. that just the whole song is about, like, put on a brave face. Like, just keep trucking on keep moving forward no matter what's going on and it's just like a montage of all the characters smiling for their pictures despite what's going on in their lives it is it is perfectly on the nose but in a good way this time usually when i say that things are too on the nose for the show i'm mad but this song with them actually having to smile for picture day while all of their lives are falling apart like, yeah. Ken's about to marry... I mean, not Ken. Emma's about to marry a man that she's not in love with. Mm-hmm. Will just left his wife. Mm-hmm. The Glee kids just lost their teacher. It's so perfect. And then to end it with the picture still getting defaced yeah. is such a good ending to this episode. That totally. it's like, no, no, no. Like, their circumstances didn't change. They Mm-mm. are still outcasts. They're still made fun of. They're still bullied. They've just learned that that's a part of life and they have to keep going on through it. Yeah. I love how this episode ends. It is such a strong ending. I totally agree. Beautifully said, buddy. Thank you. I have nothing to add. That was awesome. Yeah. Oh, I have a few things to add. Okay. One. Tell me. When they show the yearbook page, like, fully defaced, Mm-hmm. Everyone has been drawn on except Mike Chang. And honestly, <laughs> respect. Respect. Mike is the <laughs> best. I've been yeah. saying that I've been saying that for years. He is my unsung hero. Even Azimio and Karofsky know you don't mess with Mike Chang. You he rocks. don't. I'm in love with him. Did you see that he is in like a movie? He's in some like action TV show now or something. I think he's in an action TV show, but he's also in a rom com that we should totally watch. I'd be down. I know. I love... I am so in love with him. He is so beautiful. Also, 
when Karaski writes, no directions. No directions. Oh my God. I Come pissed on, myself. Man. That's that so is funny. Like, that is some <laughs> a dig. lazy bullying. That is a Come dig. He's like, oh the no directions. Gosh. He also says something earlier that is so funny to me when uh when they're bullying uh Finn in the locker room. <laughs> what does he say? Karofsky says something where he's like, How do you spell what's it called? Do you remember? Loser. Loser, because I'm gonna he write it on his forehead. Loser. Yeah. And then Azimio is like, Yeah, his big potato head. You can write a whole haiku on there. Oh, my gosh. So mm-hmm. funny. No directions. No directions. So Burn. Burn. How's it feel, Glee Club? <laughs> All right. Do you have any miscellaneous thoughts? Um, let me take a look. When when Will Will and Sue fight in Fagin's office and uh, Will is like, hey. And Sue goes, hey, what, mister? So <laughs> I love to see Sue and I don't fight. understand because Will says to Sue, he's he says, You just don't want to accept that like my kids are gonna win sectionals and they're gonna rule the school. Why is everyone so convinced that they're immediately gonna become super popular if they win sectionals? Like you have, as it's we've so established, you me. have six incredibly popular kids already on the team and you're still getting bullied. If you win, yeah like a district competition no one's gonna they're probably not even gonna know that you won and it's like the thing is like rachel saying it i get because of course it fits Mm -hmm. her character but characters that should know better like the adults keep saying it like what fairy tale universe are you living in that you think that them winning freaking sectionals is gonna make them popular and I do kind of understand where Will could say that kind of stuff because that's how it was when he was in school. Yeah. But, like, it's so weird. And everyone just kind of, like, lets him. And even Emma in this episode says something like, you know you're not going to have to worry about this in two weeks. Like, you're yeah. not going to have to worry about the, 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 the yearbook being defaced in two weeks because you're going to have one. And hear me out. How? Okay. I was on yearbook staff once. And you have to plan the yearbook. I know. Um, But you have to plan the yearbook all year long. And you have to submit it like months before. Mm -hmm. Before school ends. So they got their yearbooks. Does that mean that 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 clip of it being defaced is in the future? Is it like the future? (laughs) I never thought of that. Or did they, they just like rapid fire print those yearbooks on school campus in december yeah why on earth would you give out a yearbook in december i don't know that doesn't weird right and why would they put i don't know like the yearbook like school picture day happens earlier in the year i understand that Mm -hmm. but like it's intercut with actual yearbook like actual yearbook pages from that year there's no way I th- I'm, it, I'm gonna decide it's a flash forward. I'm gonna say that theory okay. that you said is right, and that mm-hmm. shot of Karofsky and Azimio, it actually takes place around episode twenty one. Funk. Probably, probably. <laughs> that would. That's the there only way go. that makes sense to me. Yeah, that had literally. Because I used to get my yearbook on the last day of school. Yeah, we, we would, would get, get our yearbooks on the last, on the last day of school. Well, here's another thing. 
in future seasons, it's established that um, that regionals takes place like mid spring, mm-hmm. but this year regionals takes place in like May. Yeah. Anyways, we'll cross that boat when we come to it. They yeah. just operate in their own time zone. Also, I said we'll cross that boat. We'll cross you that know, boat. <laughs> you know when you have to walk across a boat to get to something. That's what we're gonna do. Anyways, Ugh. that's um, a season wrap on Glee Cheetah Girls Two. Glee, Glee Cheetah Girls your... Two. Once upon a mattress. <laughs> Once upon a mattress. What was your best part? Worst part. So my best part of this episode, other than so much of it, I'm going to say Mercedes belting a high C. That bitch did not have to go that high. She did not have to go that hard. And she did. And you know what? We do not deserve her. We do and not she did deserve it her. On tour. tour. And here's the deal. You could easily say that it was pre-recorded on tour because, like, most of the backing vocals could. were pre-recorded. No, 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 no. Because on Showmance, Jenna Ushkowitz and Kevin McHale's podcast, where they talk, like, pretty openly about Glee, like, they don't make up lies to save face. Because, I mean, the show's been off the air for, like, five years. Why do they care? Right. They, and Amber Riley herself when she was a guest, have mentioned that she would sing that note live on tour. And Amber Riley is an amazing amazing performer that's it's not surprising and to an me. olivier award winner literally i love her and like just jump is such an amazing song it's quintessential glee i love it it's so much there's so much joy absolutely fills my heart with glee to see um that was my best part okay ian what with was glee? your best part our queen rachel berry Ra- yeah. i've said it i said it I before knew you would. i'll say it again Rachel's best episode. Mm-hmm. She is wonderful in this episode. Everything she does is hysterical. Yeah. I love super intense Rachel so much. Yeah. She's awesome. What was your worst part? My worst part is probably... This episode was very good. And I'm gonna say my worst part is probably just Matthew Morrison being not as good of an actor as I wanted him to be. I really, like, I love this show. I was very excited for everything to blow up. I'm still very excited that it blew up. Don't get me wrong. But could you imagine if Matthew Morrison was even just a little bit better of an actor? How how impactful that would have have been? (sighs) Whatever. What was your worst part, Ian? I mean, it's hard because, as I've said numerous times, this is, like, a top three episode for me. Yeah. I think my worst part is Azimio and Karofsky. Really? I think, I think the dialogue Not even they the give Azimio, I think it's lazy. I think it's the laziest, most cliched bully dialogue I've ever seen. Totally. So, okay. I think that might be my worst part. You don't want to write a haiku on Finn Hudson's head? That's probably the best line in the scene. <laughs> it, it was really funny. I laughed out loud. I went, ha ha! <laughs> Great. Awesome. Well. Was that? I. It honestly, it also wasn't that bad. Like, truly, I really love this episode, and it's hard yeah. for me to pick a worse part because it's all very special to me. All right. Well, yeah. um, Mattress. Also, special mattress. shout out to Sue. Sue is saying that she wants a holiday where all the uglies stay home and she doesn't have to look at them. 
And then afterwards she says, Andrea, that Sue's corner segment, talking about you. Talking about you. Who should we give Wonderful. a shout out? Um should we give a shout out to uh Friend of the podcast <laughs> Kaylee Kilchip? Kaylee Kilchip left us a review. We haven't gotten a review in a minute. We were feeling pretty sad. My body's literally, been pretty empty with tattoos. I want you to literally, read it. Literally, Lena and I were talking to each other, <laughs> saying that it's been a while since we got a review, and it was making us sad. And then I just, on a whim, opened up Google Podcasts. Everyone, here's a great time to plug it. Please rate and review our podcast because yeah. it does make our numbers go up. It ha- helps other people find us. But um, friend of the podcast, Kaylee, who um, interacts with us on all of our Twitter posts, oh. and we freaking love it. What's she her What's her at? I want to – I'll find out. Oh, it's Ka- it's Chip of Kale. At Chip of Kale. Okay, at Chip of Kale. She left us a review that says – God bless her. I adore these guys so much. I love these, in quotes, couple of 20-somethings. <laughs> and wish I was friends. <laughs> And wish I was friends with them in real life, even though I feel like I am. <laughs> I am truly obsessed with Glee, and this is such a good way for me to feel like I'm getting to talk about and relive it without having to irritate the crap out of all of my friends about it. Also, I fully expect this entire thing tattooed on Lena. Please include pictures. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love our reviews. One of my favorite reviews we got was someone being like, this makes me wish that I had people to talk about Glee with, or just friends. And I want people to know, if you feel like me and Ian are your friends, we are your friends. We absolutely love you. That's not, like, we're your friends for sure. Anyone who takes the time to listen to this is my best friend. Best friend. (laughs) Best friend. We literally love you. So. Um, Please. So please leave us reviews, everyone. Also. Follow us on Twitter at Recovering Gleek. Mm-hmm. You can do our weekly Twitter polls. Ooh, should we talk uh, about the polls? Yeah. So our most recent polls, Reason has won out, and you all voted that when you do call me, you do a hang loose. You do not do a rock on. <laughs> so Which... I would personally like to thank everyone for that. Yeah. And then we also Whatever. did a special Halloween poll. Mm-hmm. Where we asked in Rocky Horror Glee Show, which for those of you who don't know is the Halloween special in season two. We'll get to it when we get to it. But we asked <laughs> who plays the better magenta. Well, first let's start with Columbia. Who yeah. plays a better Columbia between Brittany and Tina? Brittany won by a large margin. I love Tina, but frankly, I wasn't surprised. I also voted for Brittany. Yeah. Then we asked who played the better magenta between Quinn and Santana. And honestly, there was... This was the like the tightest race we've had. Contested. Besides the the diva off, it was like mm-hmm. Santana was first on the first day, and then Quinn pulled ahead, and then Santana pulled ahead, and then Quinn pulled ahead. But ultimately, Santana did win, and she yeah. has been Which is elected the best magenta. Which I love Santana. Do not get me wrong; she's the bomb. dot com. But like Quinn's solo in Time War, I know. Is I know transcendent. I was very I surprised by that. I listened to that. I listened to specifically the Glee version of Time Warp, probably like thirty times this Halloween season. It's so good. And Quinn Solo might be my favorite part of the whole song. But you know, 
the people have spoken and they said Santana and I won't fight him on it. Like, you know what I love in that song? Not to fucking simp over Finn one more time, but when he belts, oh my God. I love him. We we will discuss it more in depth when we get to that episode. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. And I just like, you know, have have a good time. Go go spread some glee. Yeah. Okay. You'll probably you're gonna listen to this the day after the election. I hope that for this amount of time we could take your mind off of the absolute Whatever is happening. We love you. Go spread some glee out there. No matter what's gonna happen, make sure you're a good person. And you know, every time I scratch my nails down someone else's back, I hope you feel it. Can you feel it? And I do remind you. I took that way too high. Yeah, you did. Go spread some glee out there. We love you. Here's a little kiss on your forehead. Thank you for listening to Recovering Gleek. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at recoveringgleek underscore podcast. If you liked our podcast, be sure to leave a review. And tell your friends, please.